When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. United, top of the league-ish, behind Manchester City on goal difference. Jose Forino, as someone dubbed him on Twitter, has guided us to our fourth 4-0 victory of the season in the Premier League. Incredibly, we came out of it complaining why we couldn't score five. Things are good. The song is right. Woke up this morning feeling fine. Welcome to the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, Series 3, Episode 7 we're on now. Jack, this is the most positive we've we've ever been on this podcast. Started in January 2016, to be fair, but <laughs> we dispatched of, of CSK in Moscow with a weird amount of ease. Um, in a game which a lot of English teams can struggle in and, and with an absolutely expected amount of ease, did the same to, to woeful Crystal Palace. Good week. Very, very good week. Yeah, absolutely ideal. Um, I, don't, I don't think we've ever had seven positive episodes in a row. Um, not, I don't, not one of the episodes <laughs> this season has been on a downbeat. I mean, we, luckily we, we may skip the week of the Stoke game. So I guess that would have been the one that wasn't quite as upbeat. But yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. Another very, very good win in CSKA um, in Moscow. I thought that was potentially our best performance of the season so far because, as you said, that was a tricky game and we were talking about it last week, thinking that we might struggle and go there and have to really grind out a result. But the early goal kind of set the tone for the entire game and we, we ended up absolutely flying through. Uh, and then a, a very comfortable win against Crystal Palace. Uh, and luckily, your uh, your predictions of a 7-8-0 win last at the end of last episode didn't jinx anything in the end. <laughs> CSK again. I think that's that's probably one of the best performances from an English side in Russia um, ever. So many so we've we've struggled there. I mean, even when we played Rostov, who are worse than CSK, we could we could only come away with a, a one nil win. I remember CSK under Van Hal. I think we drew one one Martial header or something. So yeah, um, brilliant week and and yeah, thankfully I didn't jinx it. Um, <laughs> I actually, I, I mean, when I when I did my proper prediction in our little family predictions league. I put United three nil, so um, I was I was mildly pissed off when the fourth went in, which is a strange feeling. And I thought <laughs> after the fourth goes in and they've messed up my prediction, I mean, can we just get that fifth goal? We haven't got it all season. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy that we still haven't... We scored, how many times have we scored four and out of five? Five times? Yeah, yeah. Four in the league plus Burton was 4-1. Yeah. So in fact, what, no, six times. So six times now. Including four in the league, CSK and, and the Burton game, yeah. But we've still not managed to get the fifth goal. It's crazy, that, really. But, I mean... Look at look at us. We have, look, it shows how how well we've started the season that we're complaining about not scoring five goals. God damn it! Um, yeah, big change from last season when we were complaining or under Van Hal and complaining about not not scoring one. Um, I mean Van Hal. Van Hal. How many times did we score four? But there, we 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 did the four two against City, which was very satisfying. But I can't remember yeah. any other occasions. And David Moyes, apart from the Bayern, did we do it against game. against Midtjylland under? Oh yeah, Van five Hull? five one. Um, Rashford's. Rashford's yeah. debut, but yeah, very few times under Van Hal, and now we're complaining that we're we're not getting five um, or six even. <laughs> um, I mean, the 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 two games this week, you'd probably say were the two games which we we probably should have finally broken into that that five or six margin. Palace weak opposition, we we saw we didn't sit back, but we we sort of took our foot off the gas a bit. And CSK exactly the same happened, um, three nil up after after half an hour, and we sort of. Again, we didn't sit back. We just sort of relaxed ourselves a bit, rested ourselves in a busy period of the season, and and eventually we sat, we sort of got too complacent and let CSK get get a consolation goal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it was actually a bit annoying that goal that went in. Uh, again, we're being very spoiled at the moment, but I always I always don't like it when the when your team's dominating a game and end up conceding a consolation goal late on. It really bugs me. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was. A very, very good performance. I think the CSK game, I was so impressed with everyone in the team. The entire squad worked very, very well. Uh, Herrera came in and put in a very good performance in place of, uh, well, I guess you replaced Fellaini, but obviously Pogba would have been in there if he wasn't injured. Um, But yeah, it was a very, very good performance. Very happy. And obviously the star of the show, Anthony Martial, with an absolutely sublime performance. Unlucky then not to get the start at the weekend against Palace, but... Uh, yeah, very very good performance, especially from Martial, and he seemed to be forward to be creating a, a pretty good partnership with uh, with Lukaku for part of that as well, which was really really nice yeah, to see. Absolutely. Um, let's go on to Martial and CSK a bit more later, but starting off with Palace, um, Marcus Rashford. I mean, we we've just mentioned Martial, our our other brilliant young striker. It's very nice to have two um, who's playing on the left wing. Rashford's brilliant again. Grabbed two assists and for the first one. What a player! Um, just, I mean, just unstoppable. I mean, he—it's not hard. It's often not hard to predict what Rashford's going to do. You see him squaring up to a defender, and you're like, "Well, I've seen this situation before," and and the defender knows what he's going to do. But there's there's no stopping him sometimes when he gets going on that left wing. And for the first goal, the Juan Mata goal, three or four minutes in, just brilliant. Yeah, it's the early starts I think that have really been putting a stamp on a lot of these games because that's. That's seemingly where we struggled last season when we would completely dominate teams and to be fair, not actually play in some of the games anyway, not that much worse than we have done for a lot of this season. But the ruthlessness and the early goals that we've been getting makes such a huge difference. The the Palace game, the CSKA game, as soon as that first goal went in, you thought it's pretty much game over, especially in the Palace game. You know, we all kind of expected the only way Palace were going to get something from that game was if we couldn't get the early goal and if they managed to frustrate us for the whole game. It didn't end up happening and those early goals are so, so vital to us, especially especially with the momentum that we've got because every time you score an early goal, it just calms the whole team down and it just keeps your momentum going even more. So it's that I think for me, that has been probably the most pleasing aspect of a lot of these performances, especially the ones in the last week. Yeah, and Garth Crooks on, on Rashford. 
first correct thing I, th- I think I've ever seen Garth Crooks say. Um, <laughs> said Rashford was like a great white shark tossing its prey around before devouring its salt. A bit bleak, but I mean, it was a bit like that, to be honest. Palace, terrible team. And United, very good, as usual. And th- the fact that we're seeing United play wide... Even even with Rashford and and maybe Mkhitaryan playing, even with those players that do cut inside a lot, because of the the quality of Antonio Valencia at right back, and more recently Ashley Young at left back, we're starting to really see us us stretch the pitch, get some crosses in. Not always floated crosses like those those typical ones, but we're starting to play really wide, and it's producing a brilliant style of football. It, it's it's completely different to what a lot of people would say that is their favourite kind of football in the, the current era of football, the the Guardiola style of football that is now on show at City, was on show at Barca. But it's that fast-paced, often counter-attacking, even though we're dominating possession, we're still it's still that sudden burst of attack. And it, it's fantastic to watch. Yeah, the pace in the, in the team now is incredible, especially when you compare it to the kind of Van Gaal... Uh... Van Gaal era where we had the likes of Schweinsteiger and Mata was playing out wide all the time with just very little pace all over the park really um, and then Rooney up front obviously losing a lot of his pace and now the contrast is incredible how, how stark it is when you have Rashford out wide, you have Lukaku up front you've got Valencia coming, coming down one wing uh, and marauding forward which allows Mata to then go inside uh, and even in midfield we, we're not I mean we don't have anyone who's lightning fast in midfield but no one is too slow and everyone's very physical. You know, other other fans really um, really just kind of took the mick of, over the summer about, you know, we're building a basketball team and whatever. But the physicality that we're now able to show, both in terms of strength and pace, is genuinely uh, crazy. And it has been helping us a lot because against some of these smaller teams, a lot of their big chances generally do come from set pieces and we haven't really allowed that to happen. Yeah, um, that's very true. But if you if you think about the big physical players in our team, you've got Romelu Lukaku, whose finishing is is on a level with most strikers in the world, and his hold up play is brilliant as well, and his movement is fantastic. So you've got a brilliant technical player there. Um, Marouane Fellaini, you'd say, is is the player who is probably the only big player in the side who isn't also brilliant technically, because the other big players are um, Paul Pogba, who's technically one of the best players I've. I think I've ever seen in a Man United shirt and ever seen in English football. Um, I'm not saying he's one of the best United players of all time, but his technical ability is one of the best I've ever seen. Uh, he's one of our physical players. Nemanja Matic's passing ability and vision is is incredible. Another physical player. Antonio Valencia, a bit more of a, of a physical player. But most of our big, tall, physical players, quick players, also are brilliant technically. And I think that's why people are no longer saying these players are playing for Marino because they're big it's because because they're physical but also because they're fantastic technically um and that's creating a a a brilliant team to watch um 21 goals in seven Premier League games only one less than City um it's it's just a bit strange going into games now with with such confidence and United fans are are enjoying it Absolutely, yeah. There's, I don't think there's ever a sense of worry that we won't get on the score sheet or that we're going to have the kind of performances that we've seen in the last few years. Everyone is now, there's a real sense of confidence and almost a sense of ease around the club, I think, um, which is really, really nice to see. It's not a feeling we've been able to have for probably since Ferguson left, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's incredible how close it is between the two Manchester clubs at the moment. I think 
we've both conceded um, the same amount of goals and they've scored one more than us. The only thing separating us at the moment, which is crazy to think. I mean, all right, we're not far into the season, but what is it now? Seven games? Um, and, you know, you, it's crazy there's still only one goal between us. I guess next week, or after the international break, sorry, next game, we'll see the kind of true te- first true test that we've had this season. Um, the the strength of our, or the, the weaknesses, I should say, of our um, opponents is kind of the only caveat so far that's gone with our, our fixtures, our, our good performances. The, on paper, the hardest team we've faced, probably Everton, but with the way that they've been playing this season, I'm not sure that's still the case. So I'll be very interested, well, a couple of things. Interested to see, firstly, how Mourinho sets us up against Liverpool, um, and secondly, then how we go out and perform, because that really is the first time that we will have played a big team, and it'll be interesting to see if we can carry on this kind of form. I mean, I don't expect us to beat Liverpool 4-0, although that would be great. <laughs> um, but it would be interesting to see if we can keep up the very good run and the momentum that we've had from the start I of mean, the season. I mean, Liverpool can be beaten 4-0. City have showed that. But yeah, we can't lie about it. Very easy start yeah. to the season. Southampton, probably the toughest challenge we've faced, and it's not a great Southampton side at that Um but no, and we almost and we almost didn't come out of that game with yeah, a win as exactly. well. Exactly. So, so I mean, City in in the same time have faced Chelsea, beaten Chelsea at the weekend, and played Liverpool and beaten them four 0 So at the moment, you you give them the advantage in terms of title favourites. But the next few weeks will show a huge amount, and we I I can't see us beating Liverpool four nil um, or three nil or probably two nil. But I can see I can see us scraping a not even scraping a win, just putting. Anfield away, Mourinho is not going to go attacking, and there's there's nothing actually wrong with that. Um, even though we've got great attacking quality, if you open yourself up to that Liverpool side, who have, I mean, admittedly have a fantastic attack and an absolutely woeful defence, then the way to beat them is is not to just go full out. If you if you grab an early goal or two, sure, start going for it, pummel their defence because they will crumble. But we're not going to set out to go all out attacking and that will be really interesting because CSK we saw us play three at the back matching up to CSK um, and I think that could be a tactic used in, in some of the bigger games probably not Liverpool but some of the other ones certainly um, but yeah the big games are coming up Manchester Derby is not till December the 9th so a long way to go until then we've got Liverpool straight after the international break we've got Spurs at the end of October Chelsea at the start of November then we got a little break and then it's Arsenal at the start of December and City the week after that so yeah starting to get into I'm quite excited to have a big game to be honest because it, it's very nice pummeling the, the sort of littler sides but there's there's nothing quite like playing playing Liverpool and playing the big teams and going into it actually nervous because I haven't been nervous for a game yet this season I don't know I'd take a season full of 4-0s against weaker teams to be honest <laughs> uh, but no I'm with you I'm with you I'm looking forward to the big games both to see how we actually kind of match up to them and like you said because all I've been excited for games this season I guess I haven't had the same it's not on the same level and like you said not the, not the same kind of nervous feeling you get going into a big game but yeah a lot of tactical decisions to be uh, to be thought of especially in the midfield as well I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see if uh, to see Fellaini starting over Herrera assuming that Pogba is still out because we're still not really sure how bad Pogba's injury actually is um, you know Mourinho called it long term but he also kind of made Jones's injury out to be a lot worse than it actually was. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, a lot of tactical decisions. See, I personally wouldn't be surprised to see us go three at the back against Liverpool. Um, their front three is absolutely sublime. We, I mean, we can't deny that. Um, and the system that they play generally is not one that we fare very well against teams that play kind of this very fast, like free-flowing football isn't 
generally a, a, the kind of football that we play well against. I think back to the the 3-0 defeat at the Emirates, um, where we kind of got picked apart by Arsenal playing a similar style in, in the first half. So I'm slightly worried about that, but I would expect us potentially to line up three at the back, but definitely to play a relatively defensive uh, role. And I mean, probably the key thing we can take from the last few weeks is just don't let Coutinho get the ball 25 <laughs> yards from goal. Yeah, and don't give free kicks away basically anywhere on the pitch. Yeah. There is a man I've forgotten about, Marwan Fellaini, and we, we can't forget about him because he scored twice at the weekend and has now scored as many goals as Arsenal's big summer signing, Alexandre Lacazette. So that is very satisfying for a Man United fan living in North London. Um, but Fellaini rightly earning the plaudits and, and earning the praise from, I mean, it, I could go through it this week, Rio Ferdinand, Matic, Mata, Herrera, Mourinho. I think Roy Keane said something earlier in the week. So Fellaini is is playing well and, and rightly so is is getting a lot of praise for it. Because he's not ju- it's not just he's added goals to his game. He is a much more reliable figure. And that's that's perhaps because he's playing in a better side and so and he's playing against weak opposition. So has to have less defensive responsibility at the moment because generally we're not doing a huge amount of defending. And we'll see if this form carries on into the big games. But at the moment, fantastic start to the season for Fellaini. Yeah, it really has. I mean, we spoke about this a little bit in the last few episodes. But, I mean, you can't help but admire Fellaini for what he's doing for us at the moment. He's been through so much uh, so much bad stuff as a United player from being actively booed by Old Trafford and not, and not by one or two fans, by pretty much the whole stadium at times. And being... For I'd say for pretty much his whole United career, for, to a lot of fans, kind of symbolic of the demise of of Man United for a few years, and I think you know we can't get away from that. That he kind of symbolised all that was wrong with the Moyes era and then the Van Gaal era, and we all expected him to be shipped out as soon as Mourinho got here. But credit to Fellaini because he has stuck with it, and he's never ever said anything bad about the fans when he easily could have turned on them the way that that we all kind of turned on him for for large portions of his United career. And while that wasn't wholly unjustified, I would say, at the time, now he has kind of come back and he has proved to us why, why A, Moyes originally signed him and while and why three managers, including Moyes, have stuck with him um, because he now is proven his worth. He's playing a little bit further forward when he does play. I think having a proper defensive midfielder next to him in Matic is really helping him in that sense because when he first came, he was a lot of managers tried to use him as a kind of a sole defensive midfielder, which clearly wasn't going to work. And he seems to just keep things a lot more simple now. He understands that he has limitations in terms of his technical ability. And he just keeps things simple. He he passes the ball to the players that are there to do the creative jobs in the team. And he gets on. He's a, a very disruptive um, in, in defence. He has a constant threat at corners and also defending at the, um, the opposition's corners. He does a brilliant job for us. And I'm, I'm really, really happy that now... He's starting to reap the rewards of all the hard work that he's put in and the perseverance that he's shown in sticking with it as a Man United player, never saying a bad word about the club, about the fans, and never quitting. And now he's proven to be such an important player for us this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Matic helping him there. I was just thinking Matic has helped everyone. Gave Paul Pogba the freedom to go forward and improve as a player. I think he's... We've seen a limited amount of Ander Herrera this season, but I think he's helped Ander Herrera because Herrera has a a tendency to do a one-man press where he basically runs at the opposition when they have the ball and and no one else joins him and (laughs) suddenly leaves a gaping hole in midfield. Matic is is cleaning up for him. Well, I think Matic Matic is is a a strange one at the moment because he got so much praise in the first 
I remember especially after the first game of the season when pretty much the entire post-match analysis on every TV outlet you could find was all about Matic. It was all about how well he'd, he'd done and how much freedom he'd given everyone. And now no one really talks about him. And I guess in some ways, as a defensive midfielder, that's kind of what you want because he flies very under the radar, doesn't do anything too outrageous, but he just does his job. And I mean, he'll be tested a lot more when we start playing the better teams and we start getting tested more defensively. Um, but so far, he's proved to be a very, very astute sign-in. He's helped the, the entire team and the players around him so much. And he's just doing his job. That is pretty much all the best thing you can say about him. Yeah. He's one of those players where he does his job perfectly defensively. And then maybe two or three times a game, there'll be this great ball played like wide, a diagonal ball played wide or a great through ball to Lukaku or Martial or Rashford. And you go, who played that pass? And you're, you're expecting it from, from Herrera, from Pogba, um, from Carrick. And, and you go, hold on, that was Matic. And that's, that's probably the, the most surprising thing and positive thing that we've, we've seen so far. Um, but yeah, fantastic signing and, and a, a good deal for us and a terrible deal for Chelsea. Actually, just going back to Matic, I think he's one of one of three players to play basically every minute of the season apart from that Burton game. He's played every Premier League minute and every Champions League minute. And Goni De Gea and Lukaku have done that as well. So, um, crossing fingers that he doesn't get an injury as well. Um, just on injuries, it, it's not yeah. a great situation for us. Um, Phil Jones has just pulled out of the England squad, which, although it seems bad, could yeah. end up being a good thing because he's not going to aggravate any other injury that he does have because he won't be playing in either game. Rojo's still out probably till December. Zlatan's just been warned to not come back too quickly by, by his surgeon. Um, he'll, he'll be out until November, you'd think earliest, maybe December. Pogba looking like he's out till November. Lukaku's missed Belgium training with a knock. Hopefully, we'll steer clear of, of any other injuries. But Martial, just talking about Martial against CSK, it's, it's just brilliant seeing him have that confidence again. We don't know if it's because off the pitch matters have improved or he's just been given extra motivation by Mourinho and someone sat him down and, and got him in the right mentality um, and given him a few, ste- steered him in the right direction both on and off the pitch. But we don't know why it is, but he is a, a fantastic player to have in the side, whether he's playing up front or on the left because he's so proactive and, and positive. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant to see Martial playing so so well now. We all absolutely fell in love with him in Van Gaal's first season for the exact kind of play that we're, we're seeing from him now. It's it's so nice to see that he's able to kind of go back to the form that he showed. And he showed us all in that first season what he can do and why we paid the money for him. And now he seems to be full, full of confidence again, playing with freedom. I think that's the best thing about it. And Mourinho... We were all kind of worried that he wouldn't like Martial because he does, maybe doesn't track back as much as Rashford does or any any number of reasons why we thought Mourinho might not uh, like Martial. But it's not ended up happening this season like that, which is brilliant. And if I mean, if he continues playing in this form, him and Rashford, that is some combination. I just wish one of them, I, mean, I think I've said this before this season, I just wish one of them could play on the right-hand side because we can't get him in the team at the same time at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if this was foot manager, you'd, you'd start training him to play as a as a right inside forward no question um yeah but both of them playing together is is so brilliant to see and we've only seen them play together twice uh once this season i think uh, against burton and that was certainly fun to watch um anything else on on either the the palace four goal game or the csk four goal get eight goals in a week ridiculous it's just nice being good again isn't it <laughs> 
It took us about 10 weeks to do that under Van Gaal. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's not just the goal scoring form of the team in general. The goal scoring form of our the players you'd expect to be scoring, Lukaku, Martial, Rashford. I mean, Martial in, has got a goal or assist like every every 35 minutes or something insane like that. Yeah. Rashford's got two goals, three assists in five league games. Lukaku's got seven league goals in seven league games. It's just, it's what you used to expect from United's best players. But over the last few seasons, we've sort of adjusted our mentality to think, yeah, get get five goals in a season. No, absolutely not. Lukaku is 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 on for, for a 40 five fifty goal season. Obviously it's not gonna end up like that, but thirty, thirty five goals from Lukaku this season, seventy five million absolute bargain. I saw Roy Keane say the other day and he's right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Look I mean I think the Lukaku start is shocked me and amazed me because I'm not gonna lie, I was still kind of worried about the Lukaku signing. I, I wasn't as happy with it as some of our fans were I was, I was worried about his his general play and I was worried that you know going to a big club and and playing in a different different team, a different style wouldn't suit him. But he has completely proved me wrong, and I'm so happy about that. He's hit the ground running. I mean, what is it, 11 goals in 10 games now? Is that right in all competitions? I think it's yeah. just crazy. Um, and like I said, obviously that scoring rate won't keep up. We don't expect it to keep up, but crazy, crazy start. Um, and I think what's pleased me is that his general play seems to be improving as well. You know, he wasn't amazing against Palace, but... His hold-up play is very, very good. It always was, but he seems to be linking up with players a lot better now. I mentioned at the start of the episode the the relationship that he seemed to be building with Martial a little bit in the CSKA game, um, which was really, really pleasing for me. So hopefully he just continues in the same form that he has been because his start has been absolutely brilliant. Is it? I think it's a club record now, isn't it, his start? Uh, maybe in all competitions, yeah, but seven in seven league games is, is what Andy Cole did when he joined United. And if he can if he can deal with Andy Cole did, I'll, I'll be happy with that. The under-18s were in action on Saturday morning, coming from behind to draw 1-1 with Everton at Finch Farm. Summer signing Laji Ramazani scored the second-half equaliser, and Mason Greenwood, who turned 16 on Sunday, made his first start for the under-18s due to the absence of Angel Gomez, who is on international duty with England under-17s at the World Cup. Greenwood got the assist for Ramazani, who finished brilliantly. The Wednesday before that, United did very well to beat CSK Moscow 2-1 away from home, ahead of the first team's game. Gomez scored a free kick for the under-19s after Aidan Barlow had given United the lead, chesting it down and finishing on the volley brilliantly. CSKA scored a consolation goal in injury time, but United now top their group of the UEFA Youth League after two wins in two. In loan news, Dean Henderson, Shrewsbury Town are one of the informed teams in the country, leading League One. Henderson has been brilliant and Shrewsbury beat Scunthorpe United 2-0 on Saturday. That's Devontae Redmond's loan side, but he wasn't involved in the squad and hardly has been a great disappointment. Matty Willick made his Eredivisie debut for FC Utrecht as an 83rd minute substitute against Vitesse. Regan Poole played the full game for Northampton Town in a 1-0 defeat to Rotherham. Andreas Pereira started for Valencia in a 3-2 win against Athletic Bilbao, continuing to impress in a blossoming side and he was subbed off in the second half. As well as Gomez at the Under-17 World Cup, plenty of other youngsters have been called up for international duty. Won't go through them all, but Dean Henderson has his first call-up for England's Under-21s. He won the Under-20 World Cup in the summer, which is great news. Right, international break this week, so no game coming up for United, but we've got a couple of questions. Um, at Dr. Cass Ole asks, is there any way for United to play Rashford, Martial and Lukaku, all three together? Um... It would have to be a very attacking formation, wouldn't it? You'd have to have Lukaku up top with one of Martial and Rashford, probably uh, Marcus Rashford. Then you'd have to have four attackers. So you'd have Martial on the left and probably Mkhitaryan on the right. Um, 
it would have to be very fluid and very very attacking and you you can't you can't imagine a a situation where Mourinho is going to going to play all three together yeah unfortunately i can't see it um i mean like like i said a, a little while ago i just wish one of them could play on the right because then you could play the same formation that we have with maybe rashford on the right lukaku through the middle and martial coming off the left but yeah i, I mean because that we can't have that i i can't see Mourinho doing it unless the only time I could ever see them on the on the pitch together at the same time is if we were one nil down with fifteen minutes to go and then he might throw everything forward. But generally, I I can't ever see them starting a game, which is a real shame because you know one of Martial and Rashford is always losing out and it's not really fair. It's like one of them one of them tires out the fullbacks for sixty minutes and the other one comes up and gets all the rewards for it at the moment. Yeah, it's a shame, but I, I, for this season at least, I think it's all right. But. Going forward, you'd hope that one of them can can start to learn to play on the right, um, particularly when when Ibrahimovic comes back. Although Mourinho said, "Look, I mean Zlatan's bottom of the pecking order," so I mean I'd be brave to tell that to Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but it's uh, it needs yeah. to be done. At Dan Anchetta asks, he's a he's a keen support of the podcast. We always appreciate your support, Dan. Um, thoughts on formation? What do you think is best given our current available players? I no Pogba. I like the width we had using three four three. I think he means against uh, CSK Moscow. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears throat> it's tough at the moment because regardless of what you think about the formation, it's hard to argue with what we're we're using at the moment after the kind of results that we've had. Um, personally, I, I I think the four three three is probably our best as well. I think I prefer it. I mean, it's a very subtle difference, but to the um, four two three one that seemed to be just the football norm a couple of years ago. But even even the three at the back that we that we did use against CSK worked very very well. We've played it a few times this season. We used it a lot in pre season as well, and and we seem to have have done it well. And it's nice to have that as an option. Personally, my first choice formation for us would would be the four three three, but the three at the back I think is an option, especially for the big games where we might need to go a little bit more defensive. Yeah, it, it's it's nice to know that even against quite tough opposition, CSK aren't a bad side. They they weren't good. They were poor. Um, last Wednesday, but they're not a bad side. It's good to know that we can do that against big teams, play three at the back. And even players like Chris Smalling, dare I say it, um, managed to adjust quite well. And that's that's really nice to know because not many teams in the league have that kind of flexibility. It's really just the top teams, just Chelsea, City, United. Um, and that's something very... It's not just from game to game, but within the games, it's nice to be able to change to, to three at the back if, if needed. Um, and the final comment, more than a question, comes from um, at Cozy DT, who says, was at the game on Saturday, even though we won 4-0, I feel Van Gaal destroyed the atmosphere at Old Trafford, worrying. Um, and, I mean, he's got a point. I haven't been to uh, Old Trafford yet this season, which is annoying because of the way United release their tickets all in one bunch and, and make people miss out. But there we go. But away fans, fantastic as usual throughout the season, especially CSK. Um, but at home, there's there's genuine struggles to do with the atmosphere. And, and we we all laugh at Arsenal and, and City because City don't fill out their stadium. Arsenal fans are quiet. But, I mean, really, looking at Old Trafford, we're, we're not that far that far behind them in terms of atmosphere. And it, it does need to improve and there's there's things that can be done to do that. And hopefully that's something that the club will look at throughout the season, ways to improve that. But that's all we have time for on the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. Thanks as always for listening. We'll be back next week with some sort of special episode, possibly on Old Trafford and the atmosphere or, or lack thereof and how it can be improved. Maybe a couple of brief guests on that if we go through with that. Let us know if that's something you want to hear by tweeting us at, at UTD Weekly Pod, P-O-D, 
Or you can find us both on our Twitters. Jack, give us your app. At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And I am at, at Harry Robinson 64 Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Goodbye. Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.